0: amen i'm encouraged tonight i'm excited to share with you what uh... i'm preaching about because i'm right in the middle of it and it's kind of an an old uh... word so i'm just gonna uh... talk just for a sec a hot minute that gives me more than five minutes But before I start, I want to break the power of religion off of all of you. I want to break a King James Version mentality off your minds. I call down the light and fire of the Holy Spirit to cleanse your emotions. And I break the power of churchiness off you. I ask that there would be a celebration tonight. And that you would be willing to risk believing at a new level. And I bless you. Amen. I liked that a whole bunch of you kept your eyes open. That's what we do when we pray around here sometimes. I want to talk to you about dignity. Lately, I've been having this brand new feeling. And I was like, God, what is this? And he's like, it's Dignity. And the way I noticed it is I would be in situations where I would feel insecure normally. Yes, I do have situations I feel insecure in sometimes. And so I would be quiet. Because when you're quiet, the Bible says, at least you don't look sound like a fool. And so I would be quiet. And um, then there were times where... I, would be, I belong to a group of young adult pastors, and I'm the only guy my age. Everybody else is you guys' age, 20s and 30s. And so there's a lot of pressure to be cool. And lately, I just haven't been worried about being cool. I've been myself, and I've been having a lot of fun. And when I hang out with those guys, I really love them. They're amazing guys and such a privilege to be with. Um, We're going to you're going to hear some more about that because we're going to do some amazing things in 2017 in the city for young adults. And it's all of us. It's not just epic life. It's we're going to do some things in the whole city. But the more that I began to have this joy, it's like a joy, I realized I have a level of dignity that I've never had. That does not mean that I acted pompous or that everyone thought, oh, my goodness, he's so mature. Because if you know me well, there are many moments in a day where I will prove to you that I am not mature. But I want to read you the definition of dignity. It's bearing conduct or speech indicative of self-respect or appreciation of the formality or gravity of an occasion. And that means in every situation, you carry yourself well. You know. I can show up and I think that I have on the right clothes for that moment and I have different costumes for different settings and I get there and it's like, oh man, I blew that one. (laughs) I didn't wear the right thing and lately I just haven't been worried about it. I've been looking in my closet and figuring out what I want to wear for the day and I wear it. I went to a men's retreat uh, Saturday night. It was in L.A. My buddy Chris has a whole bunch of uh, actors and producers and screenwriters and all that kind of stuff from the entertainment industry. And I remember the last, this is the third year, the last two years, I really worried about what I was going to wear. This year, it was such a miracle that I got to go. I put on my jeans, a white t-shirt, and my gray hoodie, and I didn't worry about it. And I was thinking what I was going there. And I carried all my clothes in a backpack. That's all I took. I'm like, I'm not there, it's not my clothes, it's me. I'm bringing me to this place. I want to share with you some of the things. Dignity is also nobility or elevation of character. And it's an elevated rank, office, or station. Nobility or elevation of character, that's what I've realized, that's what made me pretty secure. When I walked in, like my white t-shirt, works. Because I've seen God do some powerful things in my character, and yet he's, I actually feel like I have a longer list of things to work on right now than I've had in a long time. So let's talk about that. I ask God, where does this feeling of dignity come from? And he said, Dignity comes from accepting my lordship over your life. Now, I don't know what y'all think about when you hear the word lordship, but why don't some of you just say it out loud? What are some of the the (laughs) thoughts that come to you when you hear the lordship of God? What? What? Submission. The S word. Submission. Did you say love? Okay, how about some of the rest of you? Servitude. Servitude. That's really popular with millennials. That's really popular in America. You're just seeing servitude everywhere, aren't you? The Bible says submit to the authorities, and we have a new authority. And people are just showing up with roses throwing everywhere, huh? Facebook is so disgusting, I literally didn't go on it today. Because I know me. I'll be just as disgusting as they are, because I'm disgusted by them. What else comes to your mind when you hear the word lordship? What? Reverent. Okay, well, y'all are really godly, and I so admire all of y'all. Let me tell you what came to my mind when... I heard lordship. I was like, oh, my goodness. And maybe y'all think of it more positively because I don't think you've much heard very much preaching on lordship. I don't remember the last time I heard a sermon on it. Because we want to preach to you about daddy God. Daddy God loves you. He's just going to carry you around, sit on his lap in an embrace. And that's true. (laughs) It is true. I'm not being sarcastic. But we preach those sermons. We preach about how God is your best friend. He wants to be your friend. You move from servant, and then you have a servant's heart. But lordship takes it to a whole nother level. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Lord, the definition of Lord, let me just read that for you. A person who has authority control, or power over others, a master, chief, or ruler. Now, let me just give you a moment. Go ahead. Think of all the people that you're, you have a relationship like that, that they speak into your life, and you're like, okay. Let me get that done. Okay. I know most of you aren't done making your lists, and I'm sorry, I know I'm teasing you, but I'm kind of not. Because what we don't walk out in the natural, we, we absolutely do not practice in the supernatural. If I'm not going to do it on earth, I'm for sure not going to do it in heaven. Let me describe how it works. <clears throat> and I have a spiritual father. His name is Dad. My biological father went to be with the Lord last uh, Easter, a year ago. And um, so my dad texts me one day. I'm in an appointment. But anytime I see his name come up on my phone, I don't care who you are, I stop the appointment, and I see what he wants. And he said, I'm going to Africa tomorrow, and my normal ride can't take me. Can you or one of your sons? And I text him back in the middle of my appointment, and I said, I'll be happy to. Tell me what time to be there. Now, I knew I had a full day tomorrow. But I don't care who you are. You're getting canceled. If your appointment was at the time that he needed a ride. Why? Because that's my dad. When he told me, I want you to take some of your energy back and start looking for a wife a couple months ago? I was like, okay. And that has proved, I mean, that's been showing me all kinds of things. But I haven't backed off from it because I'm submitted to to that authority. Giving someone a level of authority in my life where I respond. Lordship is giving someone a level of authority in my life where I respond without needing to understand it all logically. If you're ever going to do anything for God, there are going to be so many times that you're going to have to step out and do what you heard. And it is not going to make sense. And one of the problems with us not walking in lordship is you will, you will have a very small life and you will never achieve your destiny. Last Thursday night, I preached, went home, I'm working. at 11 o'clock, my buddy Chris goes, I can't believe you're not going to be in the room when I give my testimony Saturday night. And I'm like... I didn't know it mattered that I was in the room. And so he's kind of talking through how challenging it is. And I have, I'm Facetime we're FaceTiming, because he said I need to talk. And so I had my phone against my laptop. I just pulled up last-minute flights, and I got a flight for $489.26 to fly there for 24 hours. Because I felt like that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. That did not make sense. I know on my salary, I make less right now than I've ever made in my whole life. I've been making less since 2009. It takes a while to get 500 bucks. It did not make sense and I didn't question it. And the next morning, one of my sons goes, Pops, I'll pay for that with Southwestern points. Cancel your your ticket. But I loved it that I heard the Lord and was willing to pay $500 to go do what I was supposed to do. That's Lordship, you guys. And I, the Lord is pointing out to me what a baby I am in it. I was in traffic one day. I was late. And I was being special. I've been being special in traffic for probably about six months. A whole new level of special. Uh-huh, some of y'all are with me. And the rest of y'all are lying. I was having a road rage problem. And the Holy Spirit goes, you want to know what the root of that is? And I was like, not really. <laughs> but he loved me enough. He just went right on with it. It was like entitlement. I'm like, entitlement? He's like, yeah. You think you're so special, Eric Waterbury's in a hurry. And the waves should just, everybody should just get out of your way. Because you are so important. And you didn't respect your schedule, nor theirs enough to leave when you needed to leave. So now you're late. So you're getting ready to break your word. When you said you'd be there at 9, and you're going to be there at 9.05. And so you're going to keep acting entitled. Or you're going to be able to get a hold of yourself. And I was like... I think I'll get a hold of myself. But you know what? He's pretty determined to make some progress with me on this lordship thing. And he just keeps talking about it. Every single time I'm in traffic, I'll be saying word curses over people occasionally. He's like, break that off. I see you're still dealing with entitlement. And you're 61 years old. mm mm I had to, we want God to be our mentor. Let me tell you what a mentor is. I had a young lady that I admire a great deal. And she started calling me dad. And I'm like, oh, no, don't use that word. We need to talk about that word before you use that word. And she was like, okay. So we meet for coffee. And I said, a mentor? They're like up here about 1,000 feet above the ground. They meet with you. What would you like to work on in your life? It's really all about you. What are you feeling? And you go, Well, I would like to. And then you, whatever it is. And they go, Awesome. Well, here's some tools you could use. I'll see you in a month. And here's your homework. Have it done when we meet again. And so, in a month, you go back and meet with them. And that's how most of us want God to be in our lives. We want Him to be our mentor. You know, he comes to us. We tell him, this is what I want to work on. He's fine. Here's a few little suggestions. I don't want to be pushy because, you know, you're in control of your life. And so we come back and we may or may not have done a, gotten our homework done, but he's, I mean, we're in charge of this situation, he's our mentor. And I told this young lady, you need to know what a spiritual father is. I ask all kinds of rude questions about things you don't even want to think about. And the Holy Spirit, if you enter into a covenant like that, he will tell me on you. And I'll talk to you about attitudes and all kinds of things. So you think about, uh, don't be using that word lately. Everybody wants all the benefits of being a son or a daughter in the kingdom without any of the responsibilities that go along with it. Brian Orm said that. He was about three years into his fathering, beginning doing spiritual fathering, which, by the way, in the kingdom, you all should be raising yourself up to be spiritual mothers and fathers. And that was, a, he had a couple of experiences that were no fun. And that's what he said. Everybody wants all the benefits of being a son or daughter in the kingdom without any of the responsibilities that go along with it. My dad does not like many of the worship songs that we sing. The reason is because you're a good, good father. You'll never leave me. You always do what I want. You're always there for me. He said it's all about us. We're all worshiping him, but our worship is really, we're just thanking him because He, everything that we want, he does. There's nothing that says, I give you this back. I thank you for who you are. I'm grateful for what you've done. I'm committed to being your son. I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. We don't sing any of that stuff. Sometimes, and I, we're not like this most of the time, but sometimes you'll go places and they'll have to literally beg people to worship. Why? Because God is their mentor. He's not their father. Holy Spirit said to me, you are learning to agree with me more and more regarding my truth over the lies in your life. And I'm sorry I didn't highlight that, so Derek can't stick that up there. But I'm going to read it to you one more time. You are learning to agree with me more and more regarding the truth, my truth, over the lies in your life. And that is the significance of lordship. We think of it as, okay, I don't want to enter into a relationship with God as my lord, because that puts me under his thumb. Then i got to be better at following the rules and I ain't good already and really coming under the lordship of Christ that's where our protection comes from because the more that I submit to my dad my own dad and I have to say I wasn't that great with my biological dad I I just wasn't I probably was not exactly what he wanted as a son. And so we kind of butted heads sometimes. We're so performance-oriented that when we start talking about lordship, I already know I have a hard time being good, right? I always say my mama had good children, and I wasn't one of them. But we're so performance-oriented that when we hear the word lordship, we're like, oh, my goodness. And then we start feeling like a failure before we even get started with that new level of relationship. But I want to encourage you to risk the lordship of Christ over your life, giving him the place to speak into your life and agreeing with him when his voice disagrees with old paradigms that keep you trapped and crippled. Because if you're going to become who God created you to be, the paradigms in your mind that don't match God's word have to fall. And you're the only one who can make them fall. And that's going to mean sometimes you're going to have to trust people when you don't want to trust people because life has taught you not to trust. If you want friends, the word says you've got to show yourself friendly. So when people tell me time after time, I don't have any friends, obey the word. Wow, that's really hard. Let me break that down for you. When you come in to Epic Life, come early enough to eat pizza and stand around and talk. And instead of standing over here, these people never come and talk to me. I think think Eric Knopf has his favorites. He's got his little group he always talks to. If you would get within the circle of his voice, he'd probably talk to you too. Smile when you come through the door. It makes you so much more attractive. I had a friend who told me, my gosh, Eric, smile. When you don't, you look like a till of a hun. That was like 20 years ago, and I've been working on smiling ever since. He goes, you have that craggy, unfriendly face. I'm like, well, thanks, Ken. His name is Ken Corco. <laughs> he told me a lot of other things I paid attention to, too. The word submission to lordship is not a negative word, it's where my safety and strength comes from my very identity and my destiny. We abort our destiny because we try to keep control over everything in our life. We don't want to submit to God's word. And so we have all these justifications for, I need to go do this. I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to do that. And the people that, you know, it's super interesting. Um, somebody said to me not too long ago, and they were like, I don't think that. Uh, it's like a lot of the things that happen to Epic, they're on, they're on yours, your shoulders, And I said, Well, the last generation of leaders, I was going through a personal situation that I didn't realize was as serious as it was. And the one thing I didn't do was teach you guys to turn around and give to the people who were behind you. It's part of your destiny to learn to give, it's kingdom. and we've become such a selfish nation. I've been embarrassed. I have been embarrassed. I've actually watched people on Facebook and not said a word, but literally like stepped back, like, oh my goodness. Your candidate didn't win, and you act like this. And even worse, Because all the people who are so certain that, see, I told you that prophetic word was true. And that's why Trump won. And they're almost worse. It's like, leave Jesus out of it. You know, it's embarrassing. I actually, and I'm, I'm getting ready to read some scripture on lordship. Because, guys, we have to get this. Remember, we're building our momentum because next year we're going to see God do some powerful things in this city. And it's not just about us, but we have to do our part. And that will not happen if we don't understand the lordship of God and see it from the way that God sees it. I called uh, Dad Tar. I actually called him today. And I said, I feel like a failure. And this is what he said to me. Thank you for trusting me enough to call me. Thank you for thinking it might not be, for thinking that it would not be unimportant to me. Thank you for believing that I want to be with you in this. Thank you for allowing me to share this time with you. That's exactly who God is. We're afraid to come underneath the Lordship. We're afraid to submit to what He wants us to be and do. We're afraid to totally give ourselves to it because if we do, we just might fail. And that's what He's saying to us God wants my trust, not my help. He already has the answers. He wants my open ears and a meaningful response to what truth he does share. Let me read that to you again. Because we accept the full responsibility, but because we're so controlling and we're so afraid that somebody will give us a nugget of truth that we might actually have to change at a root level. It's like, what do you mean, attitude? I don't know why you're always talking to me about my attitude. It's because you have one all the time. (laughs) Why are you talking to me about my voice tones? My voice tones aren't any worse worse than somebody else's. Right. And she's not my daughter, and you are. Stop talking like that. Why are you so selfish? Why are you always talking to me about my selfishness? Because... I want you to have a happy life, and selfish people don't. The happiest people I know are givers. Truth is given to us bite by bite in bite sizes we can handle. We want everything handled. God, here's a problem. Where's the solution? So he tries to give us a bite size. And sometimes we're just not willing to eat anything. So you starve to death. And when you get skinny enough and you're ready to break in half, then you're finally ready to eat truth. Isn't that how a bunch of us, me included? that's We've got to know such a deep level of pain before we'll take and, and it's not like God's cutting steak up for us, you know. He's like, here, you're still a baby, you know. Let me get that little spoon of baby food. Here you go here he comes here you go and then half of it runs down your and then he's like you know i don't know how many of you fed babies but i've done it a lot and then you get you get the carrot juice back off their chin you take it up here you pick it off their shirt if you can then you go again here he comes that's what he's still doing with us we ought to be going and getting our own steak I told one of my daughters this week, I said, sweetheart, she's talking to me about something. I said, I got nothing to say. I said, you never listen when I talk. And this is not a new daughter. She's been with me a while. You don't listen when I talk, so why would I waste my time thinking about your situation? You're going to learn it the hard way anyway, and I respect your choice to do so. Don't think for a moment I'm leaving you. I will always be your dad. But if you feel detachment, it's not from you on an emotional, I love you level. It's, I'm not thinking about your life because you ain't going to do nothing if I talk to you about it. And God's the same way. People are like, I don't know why my life is so bad, and God just won't say a word to me, He's just silent. Yeah, because he ain't telling you anything you want to hear, so you're not going to listen until he does. And he's God. In case you don't know it, you are not God. People crack me up. They're like, I'm so mad at God. I'm like, okay. I mean, I get frustrated with God, and I tell him when I am. But I remember <laughs> he is still God. <laughs> it's kind of like of avax testimony. Yeah, I do. I tell God. I really don't understand that, and You know, he tells me to do stuff, and I'm like, why? And you know what he does a lot of times? People are like, the Holy Spirit said to a gentleman. He ain't always a gentleman with me. He'd tell me to do something. I'm like, why? And he's like, because I told you to. I remember one time I was sitting on the fireplace, and the Holy Spirit told me, go over and lay hands on this person. And I'm like, why? And he said, do what I said. And so I was, you know, trying to be grown. So I get off the hearth and I go over and I put my hands on him. And when I did, the most amazing prophetic word came out of me. And I was like, whoa. And later I was with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, how come you didn't tell me why I was supposed to go over there? He goes, I'm in charge. You're not. In case you don't know it, I am God and you're my son. Act like it. When I tell you to do something, I don't need to explain myself to you. Move it. When my buddy Chris Thursday night was talking to me, and he goes, Eric, I can't believe you're not going to be in the back of the room. I was like, okay, I'll go. I made my ticket, and the Holy Spirit said, You're going to do the ministry after he gives a testimony. I didn't tell a word, a soul, except a couple of people to pray, my intercessors because I just thought that sounded really pretentious, and I didn't want anybody to think I was full of pride, but I have heard that word before, and so I was like, okay. So I drive up there, and we get all done. Chris gives his testimony, and he was really nervous giving it, and when he's done, he asks me to come up and pray. So everybody, he has an altar call, everybody comes forward, and then I pray, and and I helped them break soul ties. It was on sexual, uh, sexuality, particularly same-sex issues. And it was such a powerful environment that all kinds of people were just talking about what they had experienced. I heard stories that literally broke my heart. You just It's like, how did people even survive those? And there are stories in this room tonight. There are people sitting around us who have had, Horrible things happen that should never have happened to them. It was so powerful. Then we get done. I think we're done. And I'm like, wow, this is a different year. Okay, well, that wasn't what I had in my, my mind. But, hey, I've been wrong before, God. <laughs> and then one of my buddies from down there goes, hey, wait a minute, guys. We always have this thing around the campfire where we just all get together, and if you need to say anything to the whole group, come forward. And you guys, for an hour and a half, that was so freaking powerful, just to see God move. Because I had the courage to pay $500 when I heard him tell me to do it, and then he didn't even charge. I didn't even have to pay for it. Are you getting what I'm saying? When you bring yourself under... Submission to the Lord. He will never rip you off. People will do things to you sometimes that should not happen. Leaders will disappoint you. I've disappointed leaders in our body. And frankly, some of our leadership has disappointed me. And that's relationship. You continue to go forward with one another. But God, you can trust Him. Philippians 3, in the Passion Bible. It's, I'm just going to read this to you, but I think it's on the screen behind me. It's true that I, this is Paul talking, and this is kind of like us. You know, we all have these things that we're good at. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm a pretty good writer, and uh, I spent about 25 years in the corporate world as a project manager. and Let me know if you need me to run the show for you, because I can do that. It's true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others, for my pedigree was impeccable. I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as a son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin, I was, and I thought this was hilarious, we would never say this in today's world, but hey, I was, I was circumcised eight days after my birth and was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism, living a separated and devout life of a Pharisee. And concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one surpassed me. I was without a peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted those messianic believers with religious zeal. Then he kind of shifts. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them. And I regarded all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know Him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting and all that I thought made me better than others on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embracing him as Lord in all of his greatness. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past. And guys, sometimes that's our bad testimony. It's letting go of the lies in our head that we cling to. I remember I was about 26 years old and my buddy Valison, I was always talking about my dad and I was trashing him because blah, 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 all the stuff he did and my buddy Valson goes, Eric I don't want to hurt your feelings but you're 26 no, I I was 24 you're 24 and you're grown and your life now belongs to you, so do something with it, stop talking about your dad, I was like "Ooh." But he was loving me i was embarrassing myself i didn't even know that i was refusing to adult i love the way that's become a verse i mean a verb i'm encouraging you tonight to adult in the kingdom yeah To truly know Him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting and all that I thought made me better than others on the garbage heap. It's all a, like a palomino to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embracing Him. My passion is to be consumed with Him and not clinging to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My righteousness will be His based on the faithfulness of jesus christ the very righteousness that comes from god and i continually long to know the wonders of jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me the wonders of jesus that's all those little things that you constantly get pounded by the lies that make you feel small That make you feel like you can never really be what everybody else is being like you can never overcome my family is from the wrong side of the tracks and that's just never going to change my sisters and brothers are all lost in the world they're all on the street and i'm barely managing to stay in here And it's just looking at the faithfulness of Christ and letting the Lord, because when he's Lord over your life and you guys have a disagreement, he wins. So when you find yourself, you keep repeating something that's trash about you and God's word says something else, shut your mouth. And then open it again and speak what he's speaking over your life. It's up to us. Nobody else can speak the truth over your life. Speak it for yourself. You're worth it. Fight for it. I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him and his sufferings. And some of that, guys, that's us killing our flesh. It's us fighting our addictions. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not just talking about drugs and sex. I'm talking about uh, uh, gossip. I'm talking about religion, religious pride our addiction to our giftings and our anointings, making sure everybody knows we're prophetic. That's the kind of stuff. Because that other stuff, that's stuff that's easy to see. You start adulting in the kingdom when you start catching on to your deep stuff, your messes that you think the naked eye cannot see. I will be one with him in his sufferings and I'll be one with him in his death only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him and his resurrection from the realm of death. What that means is when the enemy tells me lies about my past and he was beating me up today, you call your father. You talk to your dad. I had the very same thing. I was on the plane going to L.A. The Lord had told me that stuff, and on the plane I have a major harassing attack. When I got off that plane, I called down the light and fire of the Holy Spirit to burn every voice that's speaking to me that's not the Holy Spirit. Shut up. And I had this immediate calm that came over me. And I was like, and there's more where that came from. Pass the word in the spirit realm. I'm not saying that brashly. But we have to come to the place where I'm submitted to the Lord. And I'm his son. And my father is always bigger than the father of lies. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. That's my life. That's what I did today. I told my dad. This is why I feel like a failure. But I run with passion into his abundance. He has an abundance of wisdom. He has an abundance of love. He has a passion for you that is so far beyond any passion you can come up with. So that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. That's what you will miss. You will miss your destiny if you don't come under the lordship of Christ. Because only he can help you stop overeating. Only he can can help you stop overspending. Only he can give you the courage to find your voice and use it. Only he can get you to dance when you should be dancing. Only he can get you to rap when you should be rapping. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. That's all of us. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the worship that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I forget my past, and sometimes that takes a tremendous act of your will and you have to tell a person what you're struggling with because your past is how you're looking at yourself. And sometimes it takes a person to speak into your life. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are more fully mature have the same passion. And let me tell you what passion looks like. Passion looks like having the kind of day I had today and coming in here and preaching. Passion looks like when I don't feel so great, coming in here and worshiping. Passion is refusing to be distracted by people who come and people who don't come. Passion is making a cold-blooded decision to show up and serve when I want to stay home and sleep. So let all who are more fully mature have this passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. Let God reveal things to you. The things you don't want to hear, let him talk. Sometimes that means you let the person who knows you, say what they need to say. Listen to what they have to say. And let us all advance together to reach this victory prize following one path with one passion. When you begin dating somebody, you start off being attracted to the outward, more physical things, usually. But as you get to know the person that you're dating, you're like, wow, I love it. What, I love how I feel about myself when I'm with them. They complete me in ways that I didn't know that I even had ways. I enjoy their personality. I admire the way they don't let things get them down. Imagine a man proposing to a woman in these terms. Hey, sweetheart, if you marry me, I promise I'll be faithful and true to you most of the time. I reserve the right to act as if I'm single every now and then. However, I require you to be faithful to me every single moment. I just want to encourage you tonight, adult in the kingdom. And I have a question for you. What is... One area of your life that God is trying to get your attention in. Ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask you just to reveal that to all of us right now. What is one area? god desires to be lord of your life and the level of dignity you possess will be the outflow of the poise you find in that you all get to choose what level of dignity you want to have because when your dad tells you something there's no greater voice and you'll be fully confident when you learn to walk at that level of obedience. I'm still at my age trying to be an adult in the kingdom. So I just want to bless you tonight. I just bless you with a sense with a father's blessing that you would be unafraid to let God, be the Lord of your life. That you would be unafraid to look at things that you're afraid to look at. Things that feel too big, too overwhelming, too challenging. And that you would have courage to believe that God can do what seems impossible. Because he can And he will. So I think tonight, I'm just going to, if you guys want to stand. I just want to bless you. If you want to turn the music on at the back, that'd be awesome. I pray a father's blessing over you, our freedom. I break all oppression off your life. I break our religion off your life. And I speak hope and courage and love that you would have the courage to let God truly, truly become the Lord of your life. I bless you tonight. In the name of Jesus.